Hi, my name is Jameson. Welcome to the Unexpected Experts Podcast, a show where we dive into the vast spectrum of human knowledge and the ways that our experiences make us experts in unexpected ways. Thanks so much for listening. Welcome, welcome, everybody. We've got another episode of Unexpected Experts here for you. Uh, this week, we have on Kate. Uh, actually, Kate, how do you say your last name? As Semenuk. Semenuk. Okay. Uh, we have on Kate Semenuk this week. Um, Kate is a licensed hypnotherapist um, specializing in the, the RTT stream of hypnotherapy. Uh, it's a real... Oh, what is it? I just had it here. <laughs> Uh, what what does RTT stand for? Oh no, it's a rapid transformational therapy. That was it. Um, so, um, I I guess we got connected through my girlfriend Helena. Um, I guess she used to work with you. Is that correct? Well, we, yes, we worked yeah. for at least three years together. Oh hmm. wow! I didn't realize yeah. it was that long. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Long yeah. in like nineteen oh twenty nineteen. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so awesome. um, Helena and I were on lunch break together because we work in the same at the same place right now, and that's where we met like a year ago. And then you know we started dating, and then anyway, we try and take our lunch breaks together at the same time because we're super Aww, cute. And so, uh, <laughs> and so we were talking about the podcast, and we were talking about a bunch of stuff. And um, she was saying that you were a hypnotherapist, and that you were. Um, interested in being on podcasts and I said oh that would be such a cool interview I would love to <laughs> to have someone on like that I think that's such an interesting field that I know almost nothing about so um, I, I would love if um, we, we always ask our guests uh, the first question that we ask is uh, what is your superhero origin story so really what that means is like what is what did your life look like before you um, started doing the thing that you're doing. Um, maybe what was the initial desire to become a hypnotherapist? Um, all of that, like who you are as a person, where you're from, all of that. Like, How did you get to where you are today? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, as many, many therapists and healers, I came from a huge pain. <laughs> so usually sure. people- yeah realize that they want to help someone um, when they've experienced the transformation themselves, mm-hmm. when they kind of tried the method, tried the modality, or went on their own journey to heal the pain, the trauma, the, the old patterns, the old beliefs about themselves, when their life changed rapidly and like very, very like 180 degrees, let's just say, mm. right? So it turned around. So the same happened for me in 2020. Um, everyone would say, oh, it's because of COVID. Uh, it's not because of COVID. It's um, because there was a time, it was a time. So before that, I was very focused on my career. I wanted to be a manager and then I wanted to be a director and then I wanted to excel because I was an immigrant. I came to Canada from Ukraine in 2016. Okay, wow. So it was before war, but it was after the first military conflict in Ukraine mm. when okay. we started to think with my husband, like, what are we going to do? How we can create a safer space for us and for our daughter? So we left our businesses, we left everything 
packed yeah. three suitcases, wow. <laughs> 40 wow. pounds each, uh, took our daughter and without anyone here, without knowing anyone, with a couple thousand dollars in the pocket, uh, we immigrated here to wow. Calgary right away. Wow. I mean, I think it was, it was one of the most um, transformational experiences for me because in Ukraine, we lived in a survival mode. Mm. So when we came to Canada, it wasn't an easy tra transition, but at the same time, it was very, um, we, we were able to feel safe. Mm. When you feel safe, you satisfy one of the basic needs. Sure. And when you satisfy yeah. that, you start to, you know, jump higher. <laughs> you start to satisfy, you know, the material world. And that's what happened, right? So I went in stages. My first stage was just to survive. Before 27, it was a survival mode. Mm. Complete survival mode, ignorance. I was very triggered. I was um, um, an angry person at home, and I was very, very bubbly and um, extrovert at work or at my business. Mm. And so when I came and I we satisfied the material world, then the COVID happened, and then you were stuck at home. Yes. So you right. cannot yeah. do anything. Yeah. So now material world kind of doesn't even matter anymore because <laughs> now the, the bigger problems come in, the isolation, you know, the, uh, you, you look inwards, all the little triggers come out. And that's when I started to, my husband said, okay, I cannot help you really. Like mm. you need to go and look for help. And I'm a person that really loves rapid results in mm. everything. This okay. impatience from, from childhood kind of brought me to hypnotherapy. I was like, I don't want to go for 10, 20 sessions to talk about the problem. Mm -hmm. I want to just, you know, get over it and go and uncover another layer. So that's how I tried the hypnotherapy. And once I tried it, I was like, I want to do that. Hmm. Interesting. So, so you had an experience of it initially just because patient. of what, like the way that COVID was affecting your mood and your mindset and all of that. And then you experienced it and it was powerful for you. And so you decided to pursue that as a career. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. When I when I took my first um, hypnotherapy session, it wasn't even one on one. It was a group session. Oh, wow. interesting. And you go on Zoom within this online healing course that I took. I think I paid like one hundred dollars for that. And uh, we 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 had, we had that group session call, and when the uh, the guy was just giving us this meditation, but more a deeper one, and I felt such a huge. Um, difference mm. in myself, in my inner state. And I was like, no, I want more of that. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so if some people say, oh, I just took, it took me 10 years. It took me eight years to come to this. It took me really one session <laughs> to understand that, oh, I want to do that. So mm. it's like a wake up call. Let's just say that okay. I realized that this is the key to, to find joy again mm. within That's myself. Cool. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So then what, what about hypnotherapy? And I, I understand a little bit because in, in our chat on Instagram, we were, um, I had asked you to like send me some links or send me some videos. And so I, I watched all the videos that you sent me and from what I understand, at least, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, hypnotherapy is, is a therapy that addresses the more unconscious parts of the mind instead of the conscious, like ego driven parts of the mind. So it gets past all the stories that we tell ourselves and gets to the core of what um, maybe what's happening in the mind on a subconscious level to try and address those things and actually bring about change that way. Is that 
sort of correct? I think you described it beautifully. <laughs> I don't have anything to add. A plus student, JMO, A plus. Perfect. <laughs> it is a beautiful description, really. So it's, it is a natural state of mind. If we talk about hypnosis, it's a natural st- state of mind. The right. deepest level is sleeping. So sleeping right. is the deepest trance type of trance. Uh, however, the subconscious mind is 95% of our mind. 95. So when we are talking about our problems or we are trying to figure out it on the analytical mind, that's when we have this roadblocks. We have like resistance. We're like, I know what I need to do, but somehow I don't do it. Yeah. I know how I need (laughs) to feel. I need to love myself. I need to exercise. I need Uh, to be consistent. I need to drop the procrastination. And somehow we know all. We are so smart. Logically, we are very smart. That 5% is super strong, but 95% doesn't know time. The subconscious Mm. mind doesn't know time. It holds everything. Mm. And if we talk about mind, it's it's the subconscious mind, the analytical mind, and the conscious mind. No one knows where the conscious mind is, by the way. People say it's here, it's in your chest, it's somewhere. No one knows where Mm. the consciousness is. It's probably one of the secrets that humanity will not be able to uncover Mm. because there is always something that we will not know. Mm -hmm. But subconscious mind, uh, we we can look into that. It's hidden. It's supposed to be hidden. It's automatic, super primitive, but holds all the pain and all the joy. Mm-hmm. So it can be, mm-hmm. technically, if you look at the subconscious mind and the 95% of your mind, it's like a wild horse. Hmm. It's a wild horse. You are the rider, which the consciousness, and the logic is the reins. Hmm. So oh, you are riding a horse, you are the consciousness, you are riding your subconscious mind. That's how it's supposed to be. Right. But in most people, it's like you're off the horse and it just rides how it wants to be and it controls yeah. us. Yeah. I've, I've heard a similar description as well, like the elephant and the rider, that there's like this tiny little man sitting on top of the elephant and the man is trying to guide where the elephant is going to go. And it's that's like us trying to pilot our, our minds and our consciousness um, in in a way that it, it's very, very difficult to move that large elephant underneath us. Mm. But once, once the two can sort of be in sync, then you can actually start bringing about change. That's, that's how it is. So logically, we are absolutely very smart. We all know what we need to do. Subconscious mind doesn't understand time. That's why we get triggered. If you've noticed, sometimes we have these reactions that we don't like about ourselves or some actions that we do or decisions that we make, or we might question, "Mm, why doesn't it work? Why relationship don't work? Why I have money blocks? Why I don't feel worthy of this or this or this? We feel like ah, we get frustrated with ourselves Hmm. because that subconscious mind is programming. It doesn't know time. So it kind of brings you back. Every time you have a trigger, the subconscious mind like, oh, I don't know if you're like 35 or 25. No, you're five. You're five. Subconscious right. mind doesn't understand time, so it doesn't know how old you are. That you're an adult now, that you're independent, that you have a voice, a choice. It doesn't know. So you need to talk to your subconscious mind. And hypnotherapy is the tool to talk to your subconscious mind, to negotiate with it, to re- resolve whatever is unresolved there, 
and to get your subconscious mind to work in unison, kind of mm. like a partnership in right, your mind. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Well, and I guess there's those two portions of the mind. There's the conscious and then the unconscious or the subconscious mind. Mm -hmm. And those parts both being within the same mind, they have to learn how to work together. Exactly. And they don't know how to do that. So if you take subconscious mind, that deep, you know, strong, big emotional mind, it only knows what's pleasure and what's not pleasure. Your subconscious mind, the 95% of your mind will always go away from rejection, from pain, and move you towards pleasure. Okay. okay. Even if the pleasure is going to be a death of you, <laughs> like drugs, right? Mm. Like substances. Okay, right. So okay, it's that going makes to sense. give you, it's going to move you towards pleasure. It doesn't know time, so it doesn't know the consequences to your body and mind. Mm. That's how we overeat or we indulge in something or we, and we know it's logically, we know it's not good for us. But subconscious mind doesn't care. It's like, oh, that releases the pain. Mm, let's have some chips because it's crunchy. So it's going to soothe your anger. Right, yeah. Crunchiness, yeah. right? It's in your jaw, the, the, the anger. So when you crunch something or salty or spicy, it's sometimes we are soothing the, the mm. anger. If you have uh, sadness, if you have lack of love, lack of, then you're going to crave sugar. You're going to crave ice cream. You're going to feel upset or tired. Oh, I'm going to just take that ice cream and it's going to feel so good. It's soothing. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it doesn't know that for you, it might not be the healthiest choice, but it will choose whatever it used to choose. Oh yeah, it's good. Let's go to that. That's how we go to alcohol. That's how we go to smoking. That's how we go to drugs or that's how we, you know, anything, anything we don't like about our habits. It's because your mind is moving you away from pain and towards pleasure. Hmm. So you right. need to like tell your mind what your is mind is, is moving towards those things, even though the logical conscious mind is saying like, no, this is bad for me. That elephant wants to go and eat the pint of ice cream. Absolutely. It's right. huge. 10 out of 10, your subconscious mind will win. So it's better to negotiate with it. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of fighting so it. The conscious yeah. mind operates by pleasure and not pleasure. Logic okay. mind operates what's good and bad, what's wrong and right. Hmm. So logic operates by good and bad. Subconscious mind operates what's pleasure and not pleasure. It doesn't care what's good or bad or what's wrong or right. No. And your conscious mind, your spirit, your soul is operating by what's beneficial. Hmm. Beneficial. What is going to good? What is going to benefit me and the nature and every living being? So it's, it's a very like unconditional love, you know, <laughs> that good conscious mind, you need to develop it. You need to work on it as well. Right, so, right. As you see, these different parts of the mind, they, it's like you put in a room a blind person, a deaf person, you know, and someone else without, you know, and then you make them communicate. No, they're not going to communicate. You need to talk to all of these parts of you, of your mind, and to make them work together. And that's hypnotherapy how right. it helps you become aware of this, of this mind. So then would, would you say that hypnotherapy could give like a common language between those different parts of the mind that don't understand each other well, that that could be a connecting point for the conscious and unconscious mind to speak to each other using a common language? Is that maybe a helpful metaphor? A beautiful. It, it could definitely be a good description for that. So technically you, the conscious mind, 
you are starting to create that bridge between subconscious mind, within logic, and between consciousness. You are building that bridge. Right. And by building that bridge, you are starting to, your subconscious mind will, will always do the best for you. So if you talk to it in the way that, that you program it for the way you want it, it will give you what you want. It's the biggest potential. We need to remember our biggest potential is in the subconscious mind. Hmm. Oh. So in hypnotherapy, you would say, well, I'm just falling. You know, people sometimes have this belief that, oh, am I going to just sleep and you're going to talk to me and I will wake up and go and lose 20 pounds. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe Um, not. Yes, sometimes it is possible. For example, if the person is very suggestible, and by being suggestible, it means that um, we start to believe in every story. Mm. It's very okay. easy to manipulate us if we are very if we are very suggestible. So if the person is very suggestible, sometimes a hypnotherapist can give them beautiful suggestions, affirmations in this kind of a deep trance, and they will see the change. However, if the root cause is not resolved, mm. it's like you put in a band-aid on a, you know, on a bottle of water, you know, and it's going to burst and it's going to find the way out. Mm. So, um, if you if you know these instances where people had like, oh, I quit smoking and I started to gain weight, or I stopped drinking, but I started to drink, to, to smoke weed. <laughs> or right. I stopped then, but I started to be so angry. I stopped drinking, but I got anger issues. So that's mm-hmm. where the root cause is trying to still talk to you. Mm-hmm. Symptoms. The symptom is the language, you know, the language of the body to, uh, to give you the understanding. Mm, something, something needs to be resolved. Right. Like your, your mind is just replacing one addiction with another. Like you've replaced drinking with smoking or you've replaced eating chips for, I don't know, maybe doom scrolling on TikTok all day, you know, because you're not actually addressing that root cause yet. You're just addressing the symptom. Yeah. For example, if you, if you have a root cause of, I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough for this. I'm not good enough, not smart Mm. enough. I'm not beautiful enough. I'm not intelligent, not wealthy enough. You put any word in between, I am not enough. And then we love to hoard things. Like we love to buy and shop and shop and shop because it's never enough. And then we stop. We're like, okay, I don't have money or I need to save. So we stop shopping. And then we find ourselves doing something else. Maybe skin picking. Or maybe like pulling our hair or maybe some other tendencies about your body or mind or behavior or, you know, starting to be attached to something else. Mm. So because the root cause that I'm not enough is not resolved. So then, okay, I'm, I'm just thinking about these videos that you sent me as well. There was, Mm -hmm. um, there was this long interview with, um, oh, what was her name again? Who was the who was the founder and the, the founder of RTT again? What was her name? I forget. Uh, her name is uh, Marisa Peer. Right. Yes. And we were looking for them. I think um, Dr. Huberman from um, from California. Right. I think he's from California, but he yeah. is he's doing a deep research on the scientific level of what hypnosis does for us, how he can help us. Hmm. How it can help with uh, PTSD, with with trauma, with 
with release of different triggers and and just the overall well-being. So he's well, I put that link because I think that it's it's a very interesting interview. Mm-hmm. Marisa yeah. Peer, though, on the other hand, she she invented, she brought this therapy, this method mm-hmm. of hypnotherapy, because hypnotherapy has different modalities. There are there are modalities where you just sleep and and receive beautiful suggestions, positive okay. suggestions. Okay. There are um, talking hypnotherapy when people are not even closing their eyes. It's like this. It's called conversational hypnosis. Hmm. Yeah, it's possible as well. It's a beautiful, strong, very um, very good results people receive from that type of uh, hypnotherapy. And there's some healing hypnosis, like the one that I'm doing. The RTT is this right. deep healing method, but it's a very interactive session. It's a it's a big journey into yourself to find mm. that root cause. So Marisa Pierce, she brought it and she made it very simple. She made it very simple without putting labels, without putting you in a category. Oh, this one is the ADHD. <laughs> this one is uh, abandonment issues. This okay. one has the depression. Yeah. This one, no. She sees everyone and she teaches her students to see everyone as a unique story. Mm. Unique right. story of decisions, of beliefs. And then you just go with a person. There is no script. You just go with whatever emerges. Right. But then those decisions and beliefs manifest themselves as like physical bodily symptoms, like disease or aches or addiction. Absolutely. So if we talk about uh, manifestation of the problems, it can show up in these kind of cycles, how they call it vicious cycle. Mm -hmm. Like the person's like, oh, why do I end up in the same certain relationship? Why am I go? Why am I drawn to the narcissist? <laughs> why am I always with this kind of person? Right, uh, that's yeah. one of the ways the the behaviors it shows up in different behaviors. Or why am I always reacting in anger? There is um, a physical level. That's when we are always having allergies, or we if the if there is a psychosomatic reason for the allergy, there is there are other biological, which is could be chemicals, could be genetics, but there are a lot of times when allergies have psychosomatic nature. Interesting. Uh, the back pains have been proven scientifically to have a psychosomatic nature. So your body, our physical body, is the last body to show us symptoms, which means that if you have a physical symptoms, you already missed all the other signs. You're like at the worst stage then. Yeah. Technically your body is like, well, if you don't understand this, you don't understand the sadness. You don't, you didn't slow down during the stress. You didn't stand up for yourself. You didn't notice your, the, the, the rush of energy inside or the lump in the throat. You didn't notice that. Okay. Let's give you the flu. Your immune system is going to go down and you're going to get the flu. Or right. you're going to get this. Or you're going to get this. Autoimmune, hormonal changes. We're going to show you in a different way so you won't be able to ignore it. Hmm. So, for example, the first, the, the high, one of the highest bodies is the mental body. This is where hypnotherapy works. Hypnotherapy works on the mental body. The body of beliefs, behaviors, and um, thoughts. Then you have emotional body. And let's see modalities that uh, um, address emotional body are EFT, the tapping, 
um, the emotional release, the EMDR, uh, where you deal with emotions or you deal how to, to get the emotion through your body or release it if it's trapped. Okay. Then we have the energy body, which would be Reiki, which would be touch healing, which would be energy healing, um, a lot of alternative methods that address energy body. And then the last body is the physical one. And that's when we usually go to the doctor <laughs> because right. now it hurts. Yeah. So it, it works its way from the mental into the um, into the emotional, emotional and then into energy. the energy and then to the physical as like a last ditch effort to try and get our attention. Is that sort of what you're saying? Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So your body, your symptoms, it's like you start to really be curious about your body. How right. I ask people to approach, approach your symptoms as not, oh, something is wrong with me <laughs> or, oh, I'm like, I'm so sick or I have been having health problems my whole life. It's never going to get better. I teach my clients, look at it from the curious mind. What have you missed? Let's go up to the root cause. Mm. What is the thought and the belief that you have that is causing now the body to talk to you? Mm. And if you go to the doctor, they, they, they treat the symptoms. They don't have time for you to really talk about your thoughts and beliefs. And they, they need to treat you that to help kind of get you out of pain, out of physical pain. Right. Okay. So now, now I'm thinking about that, that other video that you sent me with, uh, with Marissa, where she was mm-hmm. talking about how she got cancer twice and she was able to heal her body and her body was able to eradicate the cancer within her own body two times in two different areas of the body. So how, because my, my more skeptical mind is thinking like, how is that medically possible? Like how, how is one able to, um, like, how is it that hypnotherapy is able to do something mm-hmm. like, or get right down to the the symptom, which in her case was cancer on two separate occasions? Like, how is it? possible that hypnotherapy is able to do something like that which seems pretty miraculous and against what most like medical science would even claim is possible absolutely even um oncologists right now they send every cancer client to the psychologist oh really Yes, they do. It's like you need to work on all levels you can't just work and I know that maybe not all of them but I've heard a lot, even in um, Calgary, a lot of um, oncologists, they are referring, you need to work on the stress level. You need to go and you need to deal with the, with whatever is in the mind. Because mm. your mind, it's 50, it's placebo. We have to remember about placebo. And we need to, it's, it's scientifically proven. Most of the drugs are based, evidence-based is on placebo. Mm. When you believe you are taking the Advil, then it's 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 a huge percentage of the placebo that you believe it, that your pain is going to go away. Right. And you can read it's a beautiful, uh, beautiful um, s- uh, studies where people, um, you can take any drug and you can see how it was, <laughs> how the, the, the research was conducted. Hmm. It's based on placebo because they took two groups of people and they gave one uh, just like a vitamin C pill and they gave another group um, a real drug from diabetes, for example. And okay. they told the group with the vitamin C that you have the strongest drug, you're taking now the strongest drug for your diabetes. 
And then the other group, they said, you're taking vitamin C. Hmm. And so the group that had vitamin C had much better results. Interesting. Interesting. Than, than even, the, though were, actual, even though the other group was actually getting the right drug. Exactly. Wow. Because all the research on the drugs is made with the placebo effect. If you don't believe in the power of the treatment that we're going to do, that's going to just slow you down at, to the point where you won't have any resources in the body. And when we don't have resources in the body, unfortunately, even the treatment might not be effective. Interesting. Yeah, are we, so, mm-hmm. Sorry. I was just going to ask a clarifying question. Are, is it, are we suggesting then that like anytime someone is sick, like anytime the physical body is being affected by a flu or cancer or whatever, whatever physical, you know, ailment is happening, are we then suggesting that that is a result of some root cause or are there just times that someone is just sick? If the immune system is low, yeah, already there is something happening in the body. We don't know. Like even I, I cannot figure it out with a client right away in the session because the amount of changes that happened in the body over the years is huge. People, people need to take that responsibility and really investigate their life. Why the immune system mm-hmm. is low? Is it because of, was it from birth that the people had low? It's possible. Mm-hmm. It's possible. Um, is it because there was a lot of antibiotics? In the childhood, that the immune system can now is very prone to getting mm-hmm. infections, or is it because of the huge stress? Is it because of the huge stress? How many times? And I'm I'm sure you've heard that when people uh, get sick on vacation, they're like, "I was waiting for this vacation so much, and as soon as I land in Mexico, I have a flu." <laughs> right, right. And yeah, because in the in the in the form in the in the state of stress, um, the body really groups everything. It takes all the resources from your body. Let's get through this. You don't right. get sick in stress. You get sick after when you, you release. relax. <laughs> yeah, well, after you relax, right. your body's like it's like we are in this sense. We are animals. Look at the deer who was hunting for, or who was um, uh, the lion who was hunting. He hunts for hours and then he sleeps for a week. Right. Stress. So now he sleeps because he needs to recover. We don't sleep. We don't recover. It's stress after stress after stress after stress. And then we are like, oh, why do I have this health issue? Because the, the body didn't have the time to recover. And so we are starting to be more prone to, to getting sick, whether it's, and it's based on what system. Are, has low resources. People might have more uh, immune system problems. People might have some digestion, digestion problem. It's based individually on people's, what was happening in life. Which, what was the weaker organ? The, 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 the body will take from the weaker, you know, systems. And it, of course, you're going to feel the symptoms there, but it's individual. So, so usually okay. with the physical symptoms, it's important to work on all levels. So body and mind to release body to release the pain, to release the inflammation and then the bo- the mind and the subconscious mind is strong and if we talk about Marisa and how did how did it happen and it happened because she was telling herself that every cell in her body is working towards healing. 
She didn't accept any suggestions from the doctors. She was like, okay, this is cancer. This is a diagnosis. It's the part of me that wants to, to do something. It's the part of me, right? The, the tumor. And then she talked to her body. How often we have anxiety. We are thinking about money or we are thinking about relationship and we get physical symptoms. Can you imagine if some thoughts can cannot be that noticed and they go for years? Mm, like those thoughts in the subconscious mind, not, not in the conscious mind. Yes. Right. All the time. Guilt, 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 shame. Very, very toxic feelings, by the way. Mm. Uh, guilt, shame, blame. So all of these feelings, when they go for years and years, they make the body <laughs> make real changes in the tissues, on the cell level. Cell level. Of course, it's going to go cause us different health problems. So she was talking to her mind and she was talking to her mind every single day, many times a day. And many months. It wasn't like she was doing one hypnotherapy session and she's like, oh, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. No. She woke up with the thought that I, my body is healing. My body is shedding, eliminating, eradicating any tumor cells. My and she talks in a beautiful way. She doesn't talk just in general sentences. She does a research. This, this is the method and tool we are, we are using as RTT hypnotherapists. We are using this tool that is called healing vortex, which means that we are investigating the health issues and we are talking, giving them the recording to the client that specifically tells what is happening in the body. For example, your protein P, um, P55 or P75 is now working on eliminating, eradicating tumor cells, mm. malicious so getting, cells. getting specific. Very specific. Yeah. yeah. If, yeah. if the person is not medically informed that much, then we can use more general sentences, whatever feels good to the client. But... It's, she was repeating, 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 and her body listened, listened, listened. And what you tell to your body manifests in reality. So when she was talking to her body in a different way, her body was doing the work for her. Right. Because technically your body's job is to save you, to keep you alive on the planet as long as, as you can. Yeah, it's, it's a base like survival mechanism that we've exactly. evolved over centuries and millennia and millions of years to to continually survive and adapt and overcome so true so yeah. true you are programmed for well-being you are mm. programmed to come back to the original blueprint you were work you were born with that's why when we work with genetic um, disorders uh, we are uh, not saying even the word you are coming back to the original blueprint because they were born with a genetic disorder. Right. That's why we are, we are finding other ways how we can, uh, we are putting into epigenetics. This is the new science. And if you've ever heard, have you ever heard about epigenetics? A little, I've, I've heard the term before, but I, I'm not 100% sure what it means exactly. It's a new, yeah, it's, it's a very big research that is going on in the world for many, many years now. And um, it's a new field of genetics where it has been proven that your genes are expressed in the environment so they can open and they can close. Oh, interesting. So based on like outside environmental stimulus, your genes can change yes. configuration? 
Yeah, for example, if my um, my dad were an alcoholic, for example, and I do have that gene as well, right? That is prone to have addiction. Right. Okay. So if I am born and raised in that family, there is a big chance that I will have that gene activated. However, if I were adopted, and I'm talking my dad, luckily wasn't wasn't drinking, but right. there are a lot of people who who do have these um, neglect in in childhood. When they um, there is a chance, for example, if a child was um, uh, adopted into another family, into a loving home with a healthy environment and dynamic, that gene might not even show up ever. And right. so um, I, tag, I take the little cord, so to show you the gene, right? The gene is like this little kind of, and it's different. Um, but if you think about at the end, right, there is this little cap, like a shoelace. So the shoelace, the little cap on the side, on the, on the end of the shoelace, this is how your gene works. If it's closed, then it's going to not express. Okay. However, if there is a stress, if there is a lack of uh, movement, if there is a lack of uh, healthy, nutritious food, um, there is a lot of things that are happening. They're going to be kind of like a shoelace, you know, when it's going off, that cap is going off, then the gene is expressed. So what you can do with it is you can rebuild the cap. Okay, okay. You can rebuild the cap and it's done with psychology, uh, biohacking it's a beautiful new science right biohacking is optimizing your health the sleep the sun exposure the the information that you get into your brain and you can definitely work with your genes as well hmm. interesting is it kind of it kind of sounds a bit like just like nature versus nurture though too right yes yes interesting so that, that you, you can, can use the nature you can like use the nature to influence or sorry, you can use the nurture, the nurture to like it influence or, yeah. or reprogram yeah. the nature. Well, yeah, just like the example of the adopted kid, right? Like they're they're being nurtured in a different way. They're surrounded by a different nature than their like original, you know, genes or whatever. Yeah. So then they're exposed to different things. Yes, but what you, it's very, very often that a lot of things are happening as a result of the, our childhood exposure, mm-hmm. what we are exposed in childhood. And hypnotherapy helps you go there. And if, because we cannot change the past. For no, example, yeah. people had some traumatic experiences. Hypnotherapy helps to watch that movie again, the movie of your childhood, and then reevaluate it in a different way. So as a child of five, abuse is uh, feeling out of control, being helpless, and I'm not worthy. I don't deserve to be on this planet. Very, very child appropriate beliefs because they don't, they cannot deal with it. Mm-hmm. However, when you're an adult, now you are not helpless. Lots of support. You are not dependent. You're actually independent. You have a voice. While you couldn't have a voice in childhood, you have a choice, which you couldn't have. Right. So now you can watch that movie with a different perspective. Oh, yes, I was a child. I made the belief that I'm not worthy based on what happened to me. But now I have, I have a choice. I am actually worthy. 
And then you start to repeat to yourself on the subconscious level. And this is where meditation, affirmation, self-hypnosis, audios can help. Mm. And you suggest your mind. Again, another thing is the neuroscience. The neuroscience proves that in 21 days you can build a habit if you Mm -hmm. do it every day. Mm. The same with the recording that I give to the clients. And I tell them, you need to commit to listen to it for 21 days. It's a 15 minutes recording. You need to find 15 minutes a day. If you don't have 15 minutes for yourself, you don't have a life. (laughs) So (laughs) uh, I, I tell them, you need to find that time. And they listen and they program their mind for a different response, for a different thought. So technically, it's a, it's a muscle. Your brain is a muscle. And you can train it the way you want. Right. And I guess that, that was something that Andrew Huberman was talking about in that video, that neuroplasticity of the mind, that that's yes. something that we can use to our advantage. Exactly. Neuroplast- your mind re- reserves the plasticity till death, till the very old age. Right. Which means that it's never too late (laughs) to start working on your mindset, on your mind. The difference between, like, because I feel like some of this stuff can be accomplished, I don't know, similarly or whatever just using like talk therapy so then are we suggest like is it just then hypnotherapy is seen as a quicker way to resolve any issue versus talk therapy i think and i believe in that that hypnotherapy is an additional tool Mm. to Mm. your therapy for example you go and you talk and how many people we have that talk to the therapist for for many many sessions even the therapists are getting frustrated (laughs) It's like, you need (laughs) to understand what you need to do. You need to love yourself. You need to let go. You need to let go of the grief or you need to let go of the person. You need to start uh, making changes. The CBT, incredible therapy that teaches you how to change Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. behavior based on the thought that you have. Right. And and CBT standing for uh, cognitive cognitive behavioral therapy, right? Yeah. Yes. It's It's a very strong tool that people can use. And, but if... If a therapist, a talk therapist, a psychologist, they are noticing that there is a big resistance, that the client is not changing or not making changes. Mm. I've had uh, clients who come to me referred by the psychologist that told them, ah, you need something deeper. Right. Right. You need to access that subconscious mind because it's holding you back. And that's when uh, hypnotherapy is an additional tool. Do you find that? Additional tool. Because I feel like, and maybe this is just my, again, same like Jama, my skepticism of of this <laughs> type of therapy. Um, but do you think that the people that could really benefit from hypnotherapy are the ones that are the most stubborn who don't want to go to hypnotherapy? No, I would say oh. that people who are very stubborn and they don't even actually consider the hypnotherapy. <laughs> Right. Okay. okay. So yeah, <laughs> one step further than what I'm saying then. Yeah. You know, yes. Like people who are, some people do want to change, but they sure. feel that something is holding them back. They come to their therapy or they just at home in their regular life and they believe that there is something that is holding me back and I'm right. ready and I want to change it. And there are some people who are very stubborn and they don't even want to go. They don't want to, oh, I don't want to go there. 
it's, it's, it's past, it's in the past. I don't want to go there. That's possible as well. Right. Yeah, there are, there are methods that are working with the client in the present moment. Beautiful techniques like NLP, neuro-linguistic programming. Beautiful techniques that are working in the present. That are teaching the client how to detach themselves from the past trauma uh, using the present moment. Just right. anchoring themselves in the present right. moment. Gotcha. Beautiful, yeah. For people who don't want to go and who don't want to regress themselves, you know, to the past events. And they don't want to look there, but they are ready to make the change. And there, there are people who, who don't want to change because there is a secondary benefit to their issues. Mm. For example, if I'm very anxious and I'm very depressed, then I get more attention. It's a secondary benefit of the mental issue. And I look at that as well with clients. Is there a secondary benefit to the access weight? Is there a secondary benefit to um, abandonment issues? Whatever it is, we look at the secondary benefit as well. It's, it's called the hidden agenda of the problem. So kind right. of, I want to not be depressed, but if I'm not depressed, oh, then I will have to take responsibility for my life. I'll have to kind of go and right. look for a job. Hmm, I don't want to do that. And then you're not getting that like external validation from other people seeing you depressed and then you get this attention and this Could adoration be. and this encouragement that you may not get if you weren't so depressed. Could so be. Even though, yeah. even though the depression is super debilitating, it's still providing some other benefits as well. This, yes. And this, and, uh, people need to understand the rules of their subconscious mind. Subconscious mind loves what's familiar. It okay. loves it. If the anxiety and the depression became very familiar, sometimes they say, I don't even know how to live without it. I can, like, I want to feel free, but I don't know how it looks like. So we need to, like, people need to understand that there, there may be a secondary benefit, a hidden agenda that is holding them back from change. Hmm. Okay. One, one thing that I was thinking about while you were talking about, like, genetic issues and, um, and also what we were talking about with Marissa and her healing her cancer is like, I have type one diabetes mm -hmm. and for me, like it's on both sides of my family. So it's a genetic inheritance that I've been given. Um, and from what I understand of type one diabetes is that the endocrine, sorry, the, um, because it's an autoimmune disease. So the body attacks the cells in the pancreas that produce insulin. And it yes. attacks that part of the pancreas for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. So with something like hypnotherapy, is it possible to reverse conditions like diabetes that are chronic, um, like specifically type one? I know type two is reversible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's reversible through even like really intense and um, very calculated diets and lifestyle changes, but mm -hmm. is something like, type one diabetes or other such um, like chronic illnesses like that, are those conditions potentially reversible or more manageable with something like hypnotherapy? You might not be able to reverse it if you don't believe you can reverse it. Okay. <laughs> like you need to believe in it first. Other things, you need to let go of any expectations. Yes, you might not be able to reverse it, but if you right. believe that you can live a very healthy life, by working on that, on both, on all levels, mm. then you can bring your life to a very good state of health. 
where you will, yes, you will have it, but at the same time, it will not affect your life. Right. Yeah. So I feel like that's kind of the place that I'm at right now is I'm, I'm really good with managing it. And it's been just over nine years that I've been diagnosed and it's, it's been a challenge. It's been a journey. And I've also just been really comfortable with it the last little while being on some new equipment and a new type of insulin and going to my doctor regularly, like that kind of thing to make sure that I'm like up to date with it and that I'm managing it well. Yeah. And you also, uh, it would be beneficial to open your mind to different modalities mm. to look into the, the, the science goes, goes a long way, both in the mental health field and in the physical. <laughs> so you can definitely look at different options maybe some breakthrough researches, maybe some biohacking techniques. Um, there are so many different modalities that you can sample, open your mind and be curious. Because when I, when I didn't believe in talk therapy, I didn't even believe in talk therapy. I believed it was, you know, for someone who has psychotic disorders. Right. That was my belief. <laughs> you would ask me 25, when I was 25, that I would be a hypnotherapist. I would laugh in their face. Hmm. I would never believe that it was outside. It was woo-woo. It was, you know, it was mind control. It was all of these um, hypnotists on the stage that, you know, make you bark, mew, you know, and right. <laughs> do all of these, all of these things. And I believed in that. So I would, I would open my mind. Once I opened my mind, I was like, I open to anything that comes mm. into my mind and I have a filter. I'm filtering it as well. And I'm being very open-minded, then, you know, the healing came. Right. The right modality came. It doesn't mean that I only tried hypnotherapy. I tried so many different methods, beautiful method that helped at different levels. And by being open, you are opening the possibilities. You're mm. opening the possibilities for healing. If you believe oh. that only, um, I can only stay healthy if I manage it with medication, this is exactly how it's going to be. Right. Your beliefs right. make your reality. Then mm. mm. I'm, I'm also thinking now, like I have a friend who's a massage therapist mm -hmm. um, and I've been going to the chiropractor with my parents and my brothers ever since I was a kid. And I understand that there is a lot of skepticism around something like chiropractics. And there's been a lot of resistance within the medical community one way or another. But um, the way that I see something like massage therapy and also chiropractics and even physiotherapy and um, exercise and stretching and yoga and all these things is that they're all different parts of having a healthy body and a more holistic mindset to physical and even joint and spinal and muscular and nervous health that all of these areas like chiropractics, physiotherapy, massage therapy, just having a good diet, all these things are part of maintaining good physical health. So would you say that hypnotherapy as well as talk therapy, as well as cognitive behavioral therapy, that these are all ways of maybe approaching healthy or, or more holistic mental health picture? Absolutely. Like I've had client who I, I usually do a 20, uh, 20 minute intake before the session and we just talk. Okay, It's like a talk therapy. Right. Oh, how do you feel? You know, and do you know where it's coming from? You know, all of these questions. And, and sometimes in 20 minutes, they have a breakthrough. 
in 20 minutes, they, they don't even wow. <laughs> need a hypno hypnotherapy <laughs> session because they're like, oh my, oh, okay. Oh, this is why they have a realization. It's called a light bulb moment. Uh, if you ever noticed yourself making a very fast decision, waking up with a, with a, with a, like a very, mm, very affirmative decision that you want to make that actually changed your whole life. You know how people, today I'm going to quit my job or today I'm going to start exercising. Today mm, I'm quitting yeah. smoking. Right? This like kind of very fast move. These are called light bulb moments, realizations. Sometimes they happen. You don't even have to, to have hypnotherapy. They're happening in our life all the time. Right. And yeah, and they, they, they feel great. Talk therapy can help to people who are very, who are more aware, you know, like, oh yes, I know I'm going to work. Whatever is the psychologist has given me these directions and strategies and coping mechanism, and I'm going to use them and they're working because everything you use consistently is going to work. And so some people need a deeper dive. They don't understand like, why am I, why am I pulling my hair and I'm like 32 Mm. Why I have mm. this, this habit that I don't like, why I have a shopping addiction. I, I don't know why. And then they go into hypnotherapy and they find, oh, this is why. So I didn't feel enough. And the only way I could feel enough is to buy things. So I feel good. I feel enough, but you know, in the end, it's still never enough. So I'm going to go buy more. I'm, I'm sad. I'm going to shop. So, and they realize that but I am enough. And they suggest themselves a good, positive, the, the true suggestions that I am enough or I am worthy or I'm capable of everything or, you know, um, I am important. I can allow attention into my life, whatever it is, whatever the issue is. If they suggest, they go, oh, okay, now I don't need to buy. Right. Yeah. They, they bring the, the issue to the surface. It can be done by a lot of modalities. The same was the body um, modalities like massage therapy, like um, acupuncture, like ch chiropractor. They are releasing the, the triggers that are in the body. They are helping you to adjust whatever compensation, decompensation you had in the body. They help you. They help the body to release pain, trigger, mm. or anything that needs to be released. So if people if people are looking at their life, they're looking from from the like a broad perspective. As soon as you narrow your mindset, you narrow any options. This is where right. people feel the most helpless and out of control. When they narrow their mindset, like only this, it's only this, and you will notice you can notice by people who use a lot of words, never, always. You know, I will never be like that. I would never do that. Oh, you're always like that. <laughs> oh, I'm right. always like yeah. that. People who use these, they you can see that they narrowed their mindset. So it's only this or only or it's it's always like that. So I would eliminate those words from my right. vocabulary. Yeah, because they're they're limiting their perspective to Absolutely. Like, yes or no, but they're not allowing for any of the gray area or any of the nuance between those perspectives. Yes, yes. Yeah. they are jumping into intense polarity. Mm. Intense polarity. It's always like this. It's only like this. And they don't give themselves an option to find the balance. And the balance is in the middle.
What, what would you say is like one of the biggest misconceptions about hypnotherapy that you've come across in, in the years that you've been certified in practicing? Uh, the first one is it's a mind control. The hypnotist or the hypnotherapist is going to control my mind. Right. No one can control our mind. It's our job. The same as no one can hurt us when we are adults. It's our job. We hurt ourselves by reacting to different situations. No one can hurt us. No one, no word, no one's words, I mean, can, can hurt us. It's our job. That's the way we perceive the conversation, all the words, all the tone. Um, the same with mind control. No one can control your mind. If you are afraid to um, lose control, <laughs> then you are more out of control. Mm. Right. You know, yeah. it's like people who are afraid of flying. You, when you have control over your mind, you can give it away. Like when you're flying, for example, I'm giving control. I'm trusting. I'm trusting the, that the airplane is going to get me where I want. I'm trusting the people who take care of the plane. So right. You give yeah. away a little bit of your control to these out, outside conditions. So that's having a full control over your mind. But when people have obsessive compulsive disorders... Um, control issues, manipulations that they manipulate. It means that they are so afraid to lose control <laughs> that they are more out of control because they, all they do is every day just being afraid to lose that control, mm. which right. is not leaving, which is like drifting on, on the surface of life. It's, it really hurts. I had control issues and I'm still noticing tendencies where I want to grasp a control of the future and I'm going to grasp the control of, of my daughter or of my son. But it's reminding yourself, like, huh, you can't control them. Mm. <laughs> no, no. So it's, it's being more aware. So um, mind control is, is one of the biggest misconceptions. Mm. People who come into hypnotherapy, they close their eyes and they trust for the hypnotherapist to show them something that they cannot see. Right, yeah. It's like asking I feel it's like being lost in a city that you don't know. You are the worst person <laughs> to find the way out. Right. <laughs> if you are lost in a city that you don't know, you're the worst. You need to find someone who is living there to ask for directions, who knows the city. The same with the, uh, with the hypnotherapy. You are trusting the hypnotherapist to show you something that you cannot see. Right. To, like to be a guide and to, to, guide. to tell you the way and to give you yeah. a map and yeah. Exactly, mm. exactly. And it's never, by the way, uh, we were taught never, never think that anyone's psyche is in your control, ever. Mm. There is always a huge part of the psyche that is yours, only yours, and no one can access that. I think Andrew Huberman was talking about that during that interview, that little um, interview bit with Tim Ferriss, that you cannot... Um, you can't be hypnotized if you're unwilling to be hypnotized. Absolutely. I've no, I don't know if you've ever been at the entertainment hypnosis, uh, stage hypnosis. I, like, I like think Stampede? so. Like I've, yeah, I've, I've seen it at Stampede yeah. once or twice. It's, it's certainly entertaining, if nothing else. <laughs> so they are, in the way that they present themselves, they are amazing language, um, uh, body language readers. Okay. Stage hypnotists, hypnotist, they know who is going to be suggestible. They know who is going to be suggestible. They look for the sign. They look for the body language. If people are sitting like this, 
skep- more skepticism, right? More mm-hmm. like I'm going to hold on control. If people are like, oh, yes, 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 you know, smile and responding, responding, they're going to be suggestible. They will, they will give a part of their control to, to experience this. Right. And so I've, I've been at one and I've no, there was a girl who volunteered to go and she was like, I can't not be hypnotized. And he's like, no, I'm going to, and he's very famous, very, very good one. And then he, as soon as she came on the stage, he noticed that she will not give away. (laughs) She will not. He's like, oh, go sit down. (laughs) So it was very funny because he knew that she will not allow to be hypnotized. Right. He, he so. could just tell by her body language and the way that she was carrying herself. Yeah. Yes. It's the way oh, she was. In, she was, yeah. She said, no. So it's um, the hip, stage hypnosis is, is different. It's more for entertainment. It came into the world after the Second World War. Um, before Second World War, hypnotherapy was the main therapy to work with trauma. Oh, really? Even psycho, yeah, even psychotherapist ask the clients, close your eyes. Close your eyes. Mm. As soon as you close your eyes, you already bypass a little bit of that analytical thinking. You can talk to me, but with your closed eyes. It's a beautiful method. I wish um, therapists would use it when you actually lay down. And some of them do. And it's beautiful when they close their eyes and they bypass. I don't look at the therapist. I don't know how they react to me. What if I tell that they probably will judge me or they will criticize me. Oh, I can't say that. That's my deepest secret. So Mm -hmm. when you close their eyes, they relax and they bypass a little bit of that analytical judge in mind. So, um, and after the second world war, the medication came into place and about, I think 1950s, where the first antidepressants, antidepressant, they, I don't know how to pronounce yeah, that. Yeah, an- antidepressants, yeah. Antidepressants, yeah. right. <laughs> uh, came um, along and that's when um, a lot of people with trauma started to experiment with the medication and um, a lot of hypnotherapists lost their jobs. So right. they went into entertainment. Interesting. And then hypnotherapy was uh, disregarded uh, because it really is not promoting any pharmacology. It doesn't promote pharma business. So it doesn't bring money, right? Mm -hmm. It's more of a healing. It's state as more of a healing method. But when I started to go to school for hypnotherapy and I started to find out people who use hypnotherapy, and it's one of the wealthiest, richest people in the world who use self-suggestions and who use hypnosis for themselves Mm -hmm. to give themselves the suggestions that they want. Right. So So when I, yeah. So it is, it is a much older therapy than, than we even like, obviously than I would have ever guessed. Like for sure. It is. It is. Hypnosis is a very, very old method and it was very, um, it's very effective because it works on that 95%. So it's faster. It doesn't mean mm. that talk therapy will not help. Absolutely mm. will help. Just For talking sure. about your problems, just releasing that pain, just having a support is already helpful. But if we talk about something that it, when people are really in pain, for example, you go to the dentist and you need to extract the tooth. It's not like dentist is telling you, you know what? 
we are going to do six sessions. In each session, you're going to come and we're going to extract <laughs> the tooth a little bit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to give you painkillers in a way, you know, but, but we'll not extract the whole, like, that's when people are in pain, they don't want to spend years yeah. talking about it. Yeah, yeah. They really do want to address it and really release the pain and feel better. They just got to get that whole tooth out in one go and, yes. and not drag it out over yeah, multiple <laughs> sessions. That's a great visualization for that, for sure. Yeah. And then um, I had a client who, who was 55 and never cried in the last 50 years. Oh, wow. Can you imagine what will be happening in the psyche and in the body? Yeah. The emotional release. Like, the emotional wow. release. It's yeah. and, he, and he cried and he cried so much because it's it's years of crying. And then well, the funniest thing is he called me a week, a, a month later and he says, okay, I cried every day. So I'm done with the crying. <laughs> what can I do now? Because I feel better. Mm. It's a month of crying every day. Wow. Yes, that's because it was all there in the body. Yeah. Mm. So it's good to release something that is stuck. And the of, it's true that the younger we are, the more flexible our mind is. Mm. Mm. Yeah. That's why kids and child, children, then they, they start to believe in the things so easily. Mm-hmm. They so easily start to believe that I'm not worthy. I will never be smart enough. I, I'm not like comparing themselves. They are so easily, it's like, you know, it's like a window. They open a window, children, it comes in. Everything that the teachers say, the parents say, the, the, yeah. the peers say, yeah. Hmm. So the mind is very flexible. It takes everything in. So it's our job after we become independent to heal whatever needs to be healed. Mm. And to go on in, with our life in a more deeper way. So we are not just drifting, just <laughs> like the survival, you know, <laughs> running. Yeah. And beautiful. Yeah. Hypnotherapy helps people to understand what role they play and how to release the role they play, right? The, the role of a perfect child, the role of a savior. I have to fix everything and everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, I have to the, the role of a peacekeeper. Like I have to keep every any conflict from happening in the house. Yeah, this avoidance yeah. person. Yeah, all of these roles, the sick child role, the, the rebel, um, all of right. these roles are just in the way of us really be ourselves. Hmm. What's been one of your favorite moments in a therapy session or um one of the most powerful experiences that you've that you've witnessed as a therapist like maybe a story something obviously something that you're allowed to share (laughs) i don't want to be like asking about a story that you know a a client therapist Mm um privilege but Uh, my biggest and it's almost in every session my biggest, um, most, most favorite moment is when they realize, oh, that's not true. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, I use the tool uh, that uh, Marisa Peer taught us. It's, it's part of the therapy, uh, RFBI. It's called Role, Function, Purpose, and Intention, where we find the issue. For example, it's panic attack. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we find it in the body. We find, we give it a collar, a shape, and they, they love to be creative. Even the most analytical minds, they love to be creative. They're like, oh, this is like 
a mud in my throat or this is just like a weight on my on my chest or it's this like red circle they loved it they love because a subconscious mind works in associations it looks it works in associations so when they find it we talk what is the role so the kind of like the panic attacks are talking to the client and telling them exactly what it's doing for them and that's one of the most breakthrough moments almost in every session Sometimes people have it in regression. Sometimes people have it in the healing of of a child. Different tools that we sometimes dialogue. Dialogue with a hurter, with someone who hurt us in the past. Dialoguing like like part of the gestalt therapy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dialoguing with someone who hurt us, regaining back our power that we couldn't when we were children. And then the therapy. Like talking to the child self, like talking to you as a child. It's beautiful. Yeah. But when they realize that, oh, panic attacks are here to protect me. Mm. And then I ask, are they? What are they protecting you from? And they're like, oh, they're actually making me feel more pain. They're protecting me from judgment or from criticism or from uh, from something else, right? From from a new job or a new possibility, or it's protecting me from being abandoned. Okay. How is it protecting you now? And they're like, oh, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. It actually like kind of keeps me in, in a vicious cycle of anxiety and, and worries mm. and intrusive thoughts and catastrophizing. Oh, and they release it. We talk to the part and we release it. It's part of it's parts therapy. Mm. It's it's a beautiful ma- method as well. But RTT kind of has them all in in one session. So different methods, you know, that we use to kind of release the. Right. The pain and the, and then they feel great. They now realize why they panicked. Sense of relief. You know? Yeah, they feel yeah. relief. And when they feel relief, they feel more awareness. They feel more awareness, they feel more freedom. <laughs> and that's like mm-hmm. the, and then you go into another cycle, into a cycle of, he- of more healing, liberating yourself because yeah. it's, it's layers. You find this layer, there is another layer here, and there is another layer. Yeah. Mm. Some people have more, some people have less, but we all have some pain. Yeah. And and that's part of our own individual journeys towards healing. You exactly. Know? That's huge. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. It's your unique journey. That's what I love about mm. hypnotherapy is there are a lot of questions from psychotherapy in the hypnosis. But at the same time, I know that uh, my individual unique journey is honored so much in that in that session. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Wow. Well, um, this honestly, this has been such an incredible, incredible conversation, Kate. Uh, thank thank you, you so much for for your time and for sharing. Um, we do have one question that we ask always at the end, and. Um, that would be, what is one thing that you wish people knew about hypnotherapy? That it's a gateway. That it can be a gateway to find the freedom from mm. the control of your mind. Because you need to control your mind. And in, the, in reality, in many of us, the mind controls us. Mm. It's not supposed to be like that. So hypnotherapy teaches you how to gain control over the only thing we can control in life is our Mm. mind. That's it. We have no control over anything and anyone but our mind. And hypnotherapy helps with that. 
Hmm. Wow. That's cool. I love that. That's so simple. <laughs> but <laughs> obviously it's such a complex thing. And there's a reason that you, you know, you have to be certified as a hypnotherapist to to even do something like that because it is so powerful and it is so simple as just being able to control one's own mind. Absolutely. And we never hypnotherapists, they do need to realize that a person needs to, to have different methods that they use. It's not like only hypnotherapy and that's the only way that can help you. Right. It's one of the ways. Yeah. So what I would love for people to know is become curious. Mm not being afraid of become cautious or or skeptical or not not trusting become curious because what you don't know is much more beautiful than what you know now mm. and people need to know that mm. they are afraid of something new not realizing that that new is so much more beautiful than what they know now yeah yeah this is wow. the this is the beauty of life mm. that's that's awesome. Thank you, Kate. Thank you so <laughs> Thank much. You. Um, where where can people find you? Um, I know you have a website here and we were chatting on Instagram, so I know for sure you have those too. But where where can people find you? Maybe for, um, I don't know if you do consultations or anything, but any anywhere that people can can take a look at what it is that you do and how to contact you. I do have a website. They can book the consultation on the website. They can contact me. I have my email. I have my phone that is in open source uh, on the website. They can always message me on Instagram and they can find what I'm talking about on the YouTube. I have a YouTube channel. It's more than 300, 350 videos already. Oh, wow. So people, yeah, people can learn about different types of fears because I specialize in fears, anxiety, and panic right. attacks. So they can find a lot of information, the roots, the causes, what I have experienced with clients. I always bring that in a, in a, in a video. Beautiful. I'll, I'll put links to all of those in the, in the episode description as well so that people can just jump right over and, and start chatting with you if they need to. But Thank you. Uh, this Thank was you wonderful, Kate. Me. Thank you. This has been very insightful, very educational. Um, I, I just feel honestly lighter after <laughs> having this conversation. So thank you so much. I'll, I'll also put links to the videos that you sent me as well. I'll mm -hmm. put those links in the episode description as well so people can watch that interview with Marissa. They can listen to what uh, Andrew Huberman was saying about uh, hypnotherapy as well. But Yes, it's, it's beautiful sources and links yeah. and people can learn more about the ways they can address their, their emotional pain. Wonderful. Thank oh. you well, so much for inviting thank, me. Kate, thank you so much for your time. This has been mm -hmm. wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure.